When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Hello and welcome back to the Agenda Podcast here on the Blood Red Channel. I'm your host, Edward Kay. And I'm joined today by Kiefer McDonald, and we're going to be taking a look at all things Merseyside Derby, what with the Anfield leg coming up tomorrow. First of all, Kiefer, I'm going to start by asking you a question that all my non-red friends have been asking me all week. How nervous are you? Yeah, I, I mean, it's a, you know, I don't think anyone, you know, anyone looks forward to Derby's at the best of times. You know, Liverpool could be flying as, as they have done in recent years, and and even you know. Given Everton's kind of torrid record at Anfield, you still kind of that there's that always that bit inside you that feels you know it might be a year or the due one or something like that. But you know, especially when the poor now performing in, in the manner they have over the past five six months, it just kind of cranks those those nerves up a bit. So yeah, very nervous. But I think it, it's nice that you know we've actually had a weekend off from from the game. I think it's building up quite nicely to it. You know, hopefully it'll be a decent game on Monday night, and, and hopefully Liverpool can get the job done. Yeah, a lot of a lot of hopes uh, being pinned on this game for Liverpool to sort of turn it around a little bit. Obviously, one big advantage we've got going into the game is, thankfully, it's not at Goodison. How much of a, a relief is it that this is at Anfield, Kiefer? Yeah, I mean, the, the derbies at Goodison, are, you know, like I said, no derby's fun, but the ones at Goodison just always seems to, you know, be that bit more scrappy and that kind of Liverpool, you know, apart from the, the game kind of last year, they've, they've obviously had a, a pretty poor record there, you know, certainly under Jurgen Klopp. I think that was actually his, his first win in uh, December 2021. So, um, you know, it just I, I feel like with how small the Goodison Park pitches and, and all that, the crowd do kind of get on top. Um, and, and like I say, Liverpool can just never seem to, to find a way. Um, but, you you know, you hopefully now with the, with the game being out on field, Liverpool can kind of use it. And, you know, how many times have we said, you know, turn their season around? But it feels like, you know, they've got a big kind of 10 days coming up. They've got, obviously, they've got Everton, and then they've got big, it's a Newcastle on Saturday, and then they, they welcome Real Madrid to Anfield. So, you know, you really hope you can get something on Monday night and, and use it as a platform to kind of, kind of build for not only the next 10 days, two weeks, but, but the rest of the season, really. Yeah, as you say, really looking to sort of set that as a, as a platform and a bar from which Liverpool can raise the performance levels of late. Thankfully, not too many Goodison derbies left uh, by the looks of it, if all goes well with Everton's new stadium. But we'll start in central defence in terms of taking a look at the team and the struggles and how Liverpool might be preparing for this one. Obviously, last time out, 3-0 against Wolves, not exactly the ideal defensive performance and Matip and Gomez didn't exactly cover themselves in glory in the centre of the park. A lot of people um, clamouring for Nat Phillips to come in. Uh, Kiefer, are you one of them and who would you leave in alongside him? 
Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I think the the fact that you know Dominic Calvert Lewin, in, in the words of Sean Dyche, is touch and go. I think that makes you know it's a bit of a poker game now with what Jurgen Klopp does because I think if if it, you know if if Calvert Lewin was fit and and he was firing and you know the the threat that he poses aerially, I think you know if we knew that he was one hundred percent going to play, I wouldn't be surprised to see Jurgen Klopp throwing that Phillips in. Um, and and you know you, you kind of tie that in with the form of obviously Joel Matip especially and, and obviously Joe Gomez in recent weeks and then obviously the injuries to to Canati and Van Dijk so it is it is a difficult one it, it makes you feel that you know if 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 Cameroon doesn't play you'd imagine it'll be something of the makeup of I mean they could throw the the the, the, the young lad who's just come back from Sunderland Sims in um that obviously that'll be a massive shout but you know they could go something of like a, a false nine I know it wouldn't exactly be that on the Sean Dyche but. You know, maybe look at three wingers playing up top, kind of what they did with Gordon earlier on in the season. Obviously, I know he's not there now, but you know, you could maybe see Damari Gray, you know, Dwight McNeil, or one of those maybe lead the line. So you haven't actually got that physical, physical presence. You've obviously got, you know, the, the more kind of speed and quickness and pacing behind. So in that case, you, you probably will be looking to go with Gomez and Matip again. But it's got to that point, especially with Matip, he's, he's probably, I think everyone would be quick to say, is it's probably the worst form of his Liverpool career. I mean, no. He's been absolutely a brilliant servant to the club, and especially last season, you know how good he was and how instrumental he was, and, and not only you know from a from a form kind of um, stance, but you know fitness wise, the way the club manages fitness last year was absolutely fantastic. But, but this year, you know, he's, he's obviously had a few issues with, with injuries, and and you know now coming back in uh, alongside Gomez, you know, especially at Brighton in in the first set of defeats there, the three 0 he was you know just absolutely boatful. Um, and obviously was, you know, deservedly dropped for a few games and, and then, you know, against Wolves last week, you know, the, the first goal, I'm not entirely entirely sure what he's doing there. I think, you know, he lets the ball bounce and, and, and then I think, you know, any level you play, if you let the ball bounce, you don't attack it, you're, you're asking for troubles. Um, so it is, it is a really difficult one. And we, we said on the, the poetry and most probably with AR, really not sure what Cotton will do because like I say, with, with Calvert-Lewin not obviously a cert to start, um, there is an argument to kind of go with your strongest team. Um, but then it's the fact of obviously we've seen what he's done with Bersetic in terms of, you know, if it's, it's kind of his first choice 11 aren't performing to the levels, you know, we, even if he's out of options in terms of senior figures, he will kind of bring, you know, people in. And, and to be fair to Nat Phillips, you know, let's not get this wrong, you, you know, he hasn't disappointed what, when he has played for Liverpool, you know, he's he's obviously been a good servant and, and you know, I, I know he played, he started against Palace the first home game of the season and, and it, it, you know, he had a, a torrid first 45 minutes against Wilfred Zaha. Um, but, you know, apart from that, which obviously wasn't really his fault, you know, playing in a high line against one of the quickest, you know, forwards in the Premier League, he has been, you know, exceptional. So, you know, I certainly wouldn't have any worries about him coming in because I think it's maybe going to be one of those games, especially under Sean Dyche, you know, I don't, if, if, if the Arsenal game is, I know it's only such a small sample size, but, you know, if it's anything to, to take a look at, it's going to be a lot of first balls, second balls and, and those kind of things. And Liverpool have struggled to kind of, you know, assert themselves in, in games in recent weeks. So, you know, that's something that Nat Phillips is, is really good and really strong at. Um, so, could we see it? I'm, I'm tempted to say yes. Um, who would prefer him to be alongside? It's a difficult one because I, I think both Matip and, and Gomez are both better. They have a leader alongside them, you know, in the form of Virgil van Dijk. I don't think they are necessarily, you know, the, 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 they're not certainly off the field. I know they're not the, the, the most vocal, vocal players within the Liverpool squad. So, you know, it kind of they're, they're probably players who lead by example rather than kind of vocal. Um, so that does make it a bit difficult. Um, I think maybe Gomez for his pace, but then I think Matip, he's just got the experience. He's played him probably more derbies than Gomez and more big games over over recent years than Gomez. So I'd probably, if I was hedging my bets, I would go 
I'd go Matip and, and Phillips, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if if he keeps the same and you know, Gomez and Matip. The agenda on the Blood Red Channel. Yeah, I think I think I'd be going Phillips and Gomez myself. I I, I was at that that Palace game early in the season and you know, Phillips didn't have his greatest game, but I mean, for their goal, he gets left high and dry by Fabinho and Trent, who try and tackle Eze deep in his own half. One of them gets Megs, and then that's it. And there were, a, in fact, there were a couple times in that game he got hung out to dry a little bit by Trent. Obviously, that was um, dead early in the season when Trent was having a lot of defensive issues. But you mentioned um, Fabinho and Bicetich there, and we're going to move into that number six role. Obviously, Fabinho been struggling all season. Bicetic has come in and done a really good job. Based on recent form, it probably has to be Bicetic in that number six role. But with it being a Merseyside derby, do you think a game of this magnitude needs the experience that Fabinho would bring in the centre? It's difficult, isn't it? Because the you know, with it being such a big game, you know, like you say, you know, do you revert to your kind of tried and trusted Fabinho and just hope that he, you know the occasion and kind of the performance levels of those around him will, will kind of lift him and you know you may be looking to use that as a spring ball for the rest of the season and maybe find a bit of confidence in himself but then I think it goes the other way you know if he doesn't perform you know he's he's, he's again if he's kind of hung out to dry and obviously not going through the, the best kind of patch of his Liverpool career then you know his confidence is probably going to be shot and you've got a big game against Newcastle where you know which you know as we were saying just before we went live is a massive game in terms of Liverpool and the top four kind of aspirations and then Real Madrid and, and given the kind of, I think Bacetic just started the last four or five games. Um, so you're looking at a, an 18-year-old lad starting seven or eight, you know, first team games in a row, which is a huge asset. You, you think Fabinho is going to have to play one of the next three. Um, so, you know, it's do you play him against the European champions? Do you play him against Newcastle United? You know, which is going to be a, you know, another difficult game. Or do you play him against Everton? So it is, it is really difficult. But I think on form alone, I think like, you know, Bacetic has been the shining light this season. And, you know, I, I probably just feel quite sorry for him because, you know, he has done well, but he's almost, you almost feel sorry for him because he's not coming to a Liverpool team that's firing on all cylinders. And, you know, while it's a testament to his ability that he's been able to kind of, you know, stand out alongside, you know, international, you know, players who have, you know, accumulated many, many caps and won many trophies, you kind of just think to see the best out of him, it would be really nice if he kind of wasn't, wasn't going in with so much pressure, which I imagine he does have at the moment. Um, but then I think the performance that he, he did against Chelsea and, you know, he picked up an early book and I think after 15, 20 minutes and, and the way he played the rest of the game, I, I tweeted something after the game actually and I just said like his maturity was, you know, way beyond I think what anyone expected there, you know, to play against, you know, a really good technical side like Chelsea again, not having the best patch, but, you know, many world-class players are in that side and, and to not kind of get drawn into a, another tackle and, I, you know, I think he played, what, 80 minutes that day, you know, before being withdrawn in the final stages and, and he more than held his own like I say even with the yellow card so I would like to see him and I think it's you know it's part of his progression um, I think the Chelsea game was a massive call obviously we've seen him in the Champions League our Merseyside derby while, while Everton on paper you know is is it's you know if, if they were I would say if you take away the, the badge and the, and the name and they were going to Arnfield you'd expect nothing more than three points I think the occasion that kind of animosity and you know just you know what derbies are like, kind of you get dragged to their level and, and how scrappy they are. I just think that's maybe the next test for him. Can he can he go and keep his head in that? Can he, you know, hold his own against which you know, as I say, in a Sean Dyche side is is a really physical team. So I would like to see Bassetich, but then part of me just thinks so, you know, with the games coming up, um, you know, thick and fast in the in the next kind of couple of weeks, um, you know, Fabinho is gonna have to come back 
you know, some time. Um, so I think it, it wouldn't surprise me if, it, if he maybe does Fabinho um, against Everton, does Bessetic at Newcastle, and then Real Madrid. Um, he does Fabinho again, but I'm, I'm sure we'll see. And, you know, if it is Bessetic, then you know, it's more than deserved. I don't think Fabinho can have any qualms really about, you know, if he's if he's on the bench again. Yeah, I completely agree. I don't, I don't think maturity has been an issue yet for Bessetic at all. You know, he, he seems wise beyond his years in that midfield. Um, and he's, He's done well, really, with, with his youth. Obviously, Harvey Elliott has played a lot of games with this team as well. He's become something of a lightning rod for criticism because of his youth and because he's not really standing out as much. But I think Bicetic has done very well, obviously, to not be sort of um, getting overly criticised in a Liverpool team that's not performing very well. But we'll uh, we'll move on to Thiago. Um, Jurgen Klopp saying he's got a hip flexor problem. Uh, so it's looking unlikely he'll probably even make the squad, but given the kind of game it is, and obviously, I mean, he got injured by a horrible tackle from Richarlison in his first derby. I, you can't imagine Jurgen Klopp's going to be risking him, can you? No, and again, it kind of goes back to the point I made, you know, just with the fixtures coming up, I think, you know, as much as Liverpool do need to start putting points on the board in the Premier League, um, I think, you know, if, we, if we're realistically speaking here and, you know, to the kind of listeners, it might sound mad, but at this moment in time, you'd probably say, or you'd say there's, there's probably an even chance of Liverpool winning the Champions League, you know, than there is is getting top four. I think, you know, I don't think anyone will be surprised if Liverpool won a seventh European Cup in May, obviously, given the kind of history in the competition and, and kind of, you know, Liverpool's kind of siege mentality, you know, um, you know, under Jurgen Klopp and not our competition. So that Real Madrid game, it feels like the season does, especially that first leg at Anfield, it feels like the season kind of does hide on that to an extent. So again, looking at the bigger picture, I, I would be surprised at Obviously, that's a difficult thing with, with kind of Monday games where you have a press conference on the Friday. There's, there's still obviously two days of training to go. So, you know, there is every chance he could be involved. But I think, you know, considering he didn't train on, on Thursday and he kind of did his own regime, I'd be very surprised, you know, even if he trained, you know, Friday afternoon, Saturday and Sunday, I'd be very surprised to see him start. So you're probably looking at, it sounds like from, from Klopp's press conference and kind of his staunch defence of Henderson, it sounds like he'll come back in and... Um, you know, even again, hasn't been in the best of form recently, but you probably expect him and, and Naby Keita to, to, to make up the midfield. I'd, I'd think. The agenda on the Blood Red Channel. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it probably will be um, Bicetic, Henderson, and Keita would probably be the midfield I'd be going for. But in terms of the front three, obviously, we've not really got an informed player in the front three at the moment. Uh, you're always looking to Mo Salah, but. He's out of it a bit at the moment. Gakpo's not exactly hit the ground running and Nunes hasn't really been the uh, chance magnet that he had been in early weeks um, of late. So who do you think Klopp's going to go with? Do you think he'll stick with a, a slightly out of form Gakpo or will he maybe stick Harvey Elliott in the front three again? You know, he's a boyhood red. He knows what it means in this kind of game. If it, Well, it's difficult, isn't it? I, I... I think I think everyone who's kind of watched football over the last kind of six weeks has felt really sorry for Cody Gakpo, and that's not a sly on, on his ability or kind of what he's able to do. I just think, you know, you look at kind of all the and even Darwin Nunes to be fair earlier in the season. Obviously, it's probably the, the worst kind of patch Liverpool experience as an attacking you know unit, certainly under under Jurgen Klopp's kind of tenure. And um, so for a forward to kind of come into this um, you know team with a with a misfiring forward line and a midfield that isn't providing enough services. It's been a really hard watch for Cody Gakpo, um, you know, during his, during his early time at Anfield so far. Um, so, kind of with that in mind, and obviously, you know, coupled with the, the, the struggles of Mo Salah, um, you know, I, I would I would 
like to see Harvey Lee go back into the front three on the right. I would put Darwin Nunes on the left and I'd put Mo Salah down the middle. And, and the reasons for that is, you know, I think, I think you know, while the jury is still out on kind of where Elliot is as a long-term kind of fixture of this Liverpool squad, I just think, you know, he's, he's so direct and, and explosive and he can drop into to kind of how powers and an extra body in midfield. And that's been, you know, really useful. And, you know, he was good against Wolves, I thought, in the court when he came back in. You know, I, I don't think he, he played prior to that since Brentford. And, and as you said, he was kind of a, a lightning rod for criticism. Um, and Salah, obviously, as, as you touched on then, he just he hasn't been the man for the moments this season. Obviously, he gets to goal against City, but and obviously the hatch at Rangers. But apart from that, it's, you know, by his standards, it's been a, a poor season. And I do think part of that is a transition. I think, you know, he's he's not the most... I actually wrote something the other day saying that he's in the most out of that, you know, came to the Premier League four, five, six years ago. You know, he's in this 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 winger that can, you know, get the ball on the top side and explode into the box, you know, going past two or three players. And I think there's a, a tweet that's needed on, on Liverpool's behalf, you know, it's kind of maybe that's similar to kind of what Sadio Mane did last year. And, and Salah has obviously played there this season in a two with Nunes. And, you know, I think he, when, he, when he gets to the hatch got Rangers in, in October, he's um, he comes on in a I think it's a four four two he played that day. So, you know his best form of this season has come you know when he's played between the width of the box and the width of the goal, and I think that's a really important because he is Liverpool's best finisher. You know at the moment he's he's Liverpool's man for the big occasion, um, and you know you feel like if, if Salah's clicking and on song and on tune, it feels like he kind of gets the best out of everyone around him because he's just such a majestic footballer. So I think that is really key to Liverpool. You know getting something tomorrow night. And then, you know, you kind of couple that with with Darwin Nunes and, you know, his ability and, and kind of efforts to run off the ball and running behind and kind of just be a menace. You know, I think, you know, it's a, a fun free that offers something something different. Um, as I said, with, with Gakpo, it's, it's been difficult because, you know, he played as on the left, didn't he, for, for much of his time at PSV. And I know he played kind of off the striker for Holland. And I think Liverpool now kind of see him as this kind of long-term, you know, Roberto Firmino replacement, which is, you know, a really big, you know, difficult ask. Um, you know, especially to kind of come in and do that role midway through the season, as I said, with a with a misfiring team. So I would just kind of maybe like to see him taking out the firing line for a, for a couple of weeks or a couple of games. As I say, it's a, a big couple of games coming up now, and you know, I, I just feel like you know with Jota coming back, maybe there isn't you know I'd, I'd be surprised to see Jota even even appear on Monday, but even just to see him on the bench would be huge, and it kind of just gives you know players like Gakpo maybe time to kind of step away from from the limelight. And, and you know, that's obviously hopefully going to benefit them long term because you know all eyes are on them. You know, as as we've seen with Elliot, when when he's kind of had the criticism, Klopp's taken him out, and you know he, he came back in against Wolves and, and got that wonder goal, didn't he? And, and he's looked better since. So that's the front three I'd go for. But, but whether Klopp does go for that, I'm, I'm not too sure. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he does go for. But whatever combination he picks, uh, they definitely need to get firing soon and. Uh get gelling together a bit better hopefully Mohamed Salah who knows maybe he's got another Puskas winning effort for us I'm still not sure how that won a Puskas award by the way but we'll, we'll gloss over that <laughs> but that is uh, that's all we've got time for on the agenda today so Kiefer thanks for joining me and we'll catch you next time you've been listening to the agenda podcast on the blood red channel